The Last Word with Matt Cooper. It's Tech Thursday time with Andy O'Donoghue. And Andy, I've asked you, based on the recent announcement by Apple of their new virtual reality headset, to look into where we're at with these augmented reality and virtual reality glasses and headsets. Because I did see a suggestion that Google Glass was making something of a comeback, but it seems I've been misinformed, have I? It was making something of a comeback, Matt. And they had kind of introduced this enterprise edition of Google Glass. People might remember the kind of kind of odd-looking pair of uh, spectacles that had a little screen on the inside that allowed you to kind of get this kind of um, AR effect or this augmented reality effect. And they then decided, okay, no one's buying them, wasn't doing that well. So they um, let it sleep for a little while, and then they were going to um, try to attract businesses. And you can see kind of, as they say, the use case for this would be in factories, reading barcode labels, and in industry. However, I did ask Google for uh, a comment on this today, and they confirmed um, that uh, in March last year, pretty much, uh, March 2023, that was the end of the Google Glass Enterprise Edition. And it's been supported for some time. The people who still have it may well still be using it. But it looks like Google Glass has officially gone to sleep. Okay. So the idea of wearing glasses that allow you an interface or interaction is gone. So it's more a case now is it, of headsets that you have to remain stationary sitting with as you use it. Well, you remain stationary, pretty stationary, but then again, when you buy one of these headsets, they do tell you to pace out the room and make sure you have enough room to use them because if you are immersed in a virtual world, you can find yourself very easily the other side of the room, or in my case, literally going over the back of the sofa um, as you kind of, uh, you know... If, Explain that. If you're, if you're playing a game, because you become disoriented about where you are in the room. Did you topple over the back of I the did. sofa? I did. I went over the back of the sofa and banged my head in the radiator, so it wasn't... Can you sue them for yeah. that? <laughs> I don't think so. I think probably I need to take an amount of responsibility for this. However... A bit of live ambulance chasing going on <laughs> on air. Um, but the, uh, I mean, these VR headsets have been around, it's about 60 years since they started. And the very first one, Morton Hellig um, in, invented this thing called Sensorama. He was kind of a famous filmmaker. And now, of course, the reason that they are now a big deal is because chips have got cheaper and faster and smaller. So we can put all of this into a headset of effectively a pair of glasses that you can wear and the big deal this year Matt will be the launch in a couple of months time of Apple's Apple Vision Pro which is a very sophisticated very expensive headset will cost maybe three thousand three and a half thousand euros perhaps even more when it gets here but what that has done is it it has ignited interest in developers who make games for these headsets and it has also ignited interest in people who had headsets that they were selling previously and they're now really pushing them ces there was probably a dozen different headsets at ces in las vegas last but, week but what sort of things can they do because i'm taken by the fact that you say that these were sort of almost a science fiction thing in previous generations. And actually, now that you mention it, I have a vague memory of some sort of device that you used to put a screen in front of your head on as like a set of goggles and you could put slides that's in right. it. That's right, yeah. And it was sort of Disney slides, yeah, I think, that's things right. like that, yeah. right? Yeah, And that was the sort of, obviously, non-motion. You just looked at the pictures in the goggles you were wearing. Someone will probably text in with the name of that. Something Rama, I think it was called. Yeah. And you could change the slides and it was kind of... And look, it's an evolution of that. What can you do with them? There are multiple applications and it's important to distinguish between AR and VR. AR is augmented reality and that's where 
you have this overlay of digital inf uh, information onto the physical world. So you can see your room, you can see the world around you, but you get information. And so that's useful, say, for things like mapping um, or education. So it's like sort of a transparent video screen, effectively. Exactly. And so can you imagine walking down the street and seeing, uh, wearing a pair of glasses and seeing offers that are available in a shop as you pass by and then a little arrow guiding you because you've already put in your destination in Google Maps. So you have an awareness of the outside world, but your world is being augmented with digital information. VR, virtual reality, is very different, and that is about immersion. That's where you effectively are trying to take yourself into another world. And of course, we have things like the Sony VR, uh, the Sony PlayStation VR and Oculus, and that's great for gaming and training and virtual tours that you can stay at home and do. What are the other ones? Tell us about, for example, the X-Real Air 2 Ultra. What's that? So, uh, X-Real were at CES last week, about 800 euros for their headset, and it's really impressive. Um, they have this really good field of view, a uh, 52 degree uh, field of view. What that means is you don't have to turn your head to see a landscape. And um, they're doing really well. Uh, developers are starting to make software for them. And, you know, these are one of the headsets, I think, that are going to be a competitor because, you know, something like the Apple, de Apple gadget is really expensive, whereas the X-Reel is a really nice price. Um, we have others that are similar. I mean, probably... Uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the biggest launches of the year might be something like the Ray Neo X2, and um, that was a really big hit in China, where VR has made kind of uh, really nice gains, kind of in the market. But this is nice because it's a pair of, it's a pair of goggles, but it's just over sixty grams in weight, and it has a Sony screen and. You effectively, when you look at the screen inside this, it's like looking at a 200-inch television. So that's impressive. And it also has dynamic stereo. So you can watch Netflix very effectively, but it has a very clever whisper mode. So if you're on a plane watching your movie that you've downloaded, no one else can hear you. So you have this immersive experience, but other people don't So effectively, these things could do away with television sets. Potentially, there's a lot of talk about that, that they are. They give you a cinema-style experience with this big booming sound in your ear. What about the MindLink Air, MindLink Air, which is apparently going to ship in the second half of this year? Yeah, and about €800, Euros again, this is really interesting because it is called the first fitness tracker for the brain, believe it or not. And it uses, basically that's because it uses a different type of eye tracking technology and it scans the eye without the need to process visual data. What's interesting about this is that it allows you to use this literally as kind of a well-being. It's kind of been sold as a health device, believe it or not. And you get uh, an insight into your level of focus and your cognitive load. So what it means is it'll be able to analyse how well you work, whether you're reading or writing, whether you're watching a screen, whether you're at a desk. And it identifies distractions that distract you from your work. We could well see employers saying, you have to wear one of these because we want to make sure that your focus is up to date, but it also does clever things like suggesting breaks from a screen or the work that you're doing, because it analyzes kind of your, um, your eye health and your mental well-being as you wear it. 
And what's the Every Sight Maverick? This is also a device that's really nice. The reason I like it is because it's lightweight and it looks like a very cool pair of glasses. And so you can use it as sunglasses or you can get your prescription lenses into it. It's incredibly light, <clears throat> 47 grams, and it has an eight-hour battery life. So this is a VR um, or an AR device that you'll be able to wear on the street, do your mapping, and they've, they're kind of vaunting it as something maybe for cyclists. Um, you're out doing a uh, long cycle, you wear the sunglasses, you get the map inside, you get your heart rate, you get other things like that. It's, you know, we are just stepping into this era, but I think by the end of probably next year, Matt, these devices will be incredibly common. Couple of listeners confirming it was the Viewmaster that View we were talking That's about. It. Thank you very much, Andy O'Donoghue, for joining us on Tech Thursday. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4 30. Today, FM.